0: Welcome to the Brisbane Lions Big Footy Podcast. I'm Keegs, and today with Ollie, we're pretty much going to sweep the loss to Port Adelaide under the carpet and forget about it. Instead, we're going to talk about the players that have left us and moved on to other clubs, talk about how they're personally performing, and talk about how we as a club have bounced back from their departures. And then we'll look ahead to the Swans this weekend at the SCG. Here we go. Um, Ollie, so we're not going to dwell on Port Adelaide too long today, but we'll talk about it quickly. We lost by 83 points on Saturday. Um, It was a familiar result, sort of going back to last year's performances.
1: Yeah, it was just a throwback to last year. Some of the games we had, it was almost a carbon copy of the game against Port Adelaide at the end of last season when we were just in a really, really bad um, space and... Like we thought those sort of performances were behind us. Mm. I think there were probably signs there against Richmond. Just our performances at the Gabba have just been I don't know what it is. We're actually just playing better away, and I think Mm. that was the case last year as well. Yeah, We're usually just playing better away. We played okay against St Kilda, pretty well against the Bulldogs (laughs) that Eddie had, but Mm. we're pretty bad against Richmond and just even worse against Port Adelaide and yeah, hopefully that is as bad as it gets because it was pretty depressing watching that yeah, game, the sure. first seven goals of the game, and the the game's over. Yeah. first seven goals, you can, that cannot happen in AFL footy, and our first quarters have been okay. It's usually our second quarters that let us down, but, mm. yeah, everyone was down across the board, and Port Adelaide, as we spoke about last week, they are a team that once they get a run on, they are really, really dangerous the way they carry the footy and, and use it. Mm. If they're up and going, their confidence is up, they can beat probably any side. It's just we'd let them get a start and they were away and there wasn't much we could do after that. And if yeah, Fagan would have just been sitting in the box, scratching his head, just mm. figuring out what to do because there wasn't really much we could do. The second half was probably a bit better. Mm. The first quarter was just an absolute disaster. But, yeah, there wasn't really a lot to like our performance. But hopefully that's as bad as it gets and we can just move on and get back to playing some footy. I think, like, we didn't want to think those sort of performances like they were last year would happen again. Mm. But they might at times this year as we transition across. But, yeah, hopefully better times to come after that.
0: It's probably the first time this year that our senior players have let us down. Like, they've carried a big workload this year, like Steph Martin, Beams, Rockcliffe, Zorko, and... Yeah, they none of them really fired a shot, and it showed in our whole performance across the board. We really struggled as a team. Um, I suppose we can't rely on them, you know, week in week out. They've done really well to this to date so far this year, but yeah, we really struggled without their input.
1: Yeah, we sure did. Some of those guys are really down, and mm. Port Adelaide just really got on top of us. And it's going to be hard when you have so many young guys in the side if all your senior players are down. Robin Mitch Robinson as he does every week he was having a crack throwing his body around he gives a hundred percent every week But yeah, he was awesome. Uh, he didn't have a lot of helpers Not, As you said beams was well down mm. Steph Martin we just got killed in all areas and like I said before first seven goals of the game There's no coming back from that and I think there would have just been probably a few flashbacks to last year thinking here we go again we're, we're getting belted on mm. our home deck and it's a real concern to put in those sort of performances at the Gabba yeah. when crowds have been dwindling throughout the last few years and obviously when the Suns came in our membership and the crowds dropped a lot and we need to get that back up there again to be a powerful club. And yeah, We only had 13,000 there on the weekend and we've dished up that. It's It's really concerning and hopefully we can start turning those efforts around at the Gabba
0: yeah for sure it's definitely a concern I think if you took into account last year's performances as well the average losing margin at the Gabba in recent times wouldn't make for pretty reading Um, there were a few positive performances out of the weekend though I thought Keyes probably played his best game for the club Louis Taylor continued what's been a good year Robbo as you said and um, I think there was someone else I thought Clay Beams was alright as well actually Clay Beams is okay Yeah got more disposals than his brother, which probably won't be said ever again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so.
0: But as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to deflect from what was a disappointing day and talk about, I suppose, where are they now, the players that have moved on from the Lions? I'm going to start with the go-home five, which dates back to 2013 when we had a mass exodus of young players. Um, Ollie,
1: I'll ask you the question, who do you miss most from that group? Oh, without a doubt, Elliot Yo and yeah. I said that at the time. He was probably everyone was banging on about it. how we'd lost five young players, five high draft picks. But I only thought at the time, and I'll probably change my tune on Doherty.
0: Mm.
1: Obviously, after he had a standout year last year, but I thought at the time Yo was the only one would really miss. It was mm. more that psychological thing and losing the five top-end draft picks and how it looked mm. on the outside. But, yo, definitely. He was an absolute star in that 2013 season. And, oh, it was one of my favourite players that year. And I thought if he could stick around, he'd be an absolute superstar for us. way he carries the ball, runs, jumps. Yeah, he's definitely one I miss the most. And, you know, when I see him playing for West Coast at the moment, it's still pretty hard to watch at times because he's a very good player. But, yeah. Yo for sure
0: yeah, I completely agree with you. Just that ability to um, intercept Mark not only defend and cut off you know the opposition but to intercept Mark and then counter attack you know you'd cause a turnover like that and get going the other way. It creates so many opportunities moving forward, and he and Jeremy McGovern for West Coast make a pretty good tandem in terms of being able to intercept and defense, so I completely agree with you Elliot Yo is the big one um, Doherty's second. But I think he can get found out a bit in defense. Like, he's a good rebounder. But if you get him sort of one-on-one deep, it can can be caught out a bit. But certainly, he was a big loss. And I think if you put those two on a half-back flank for the Lions, suddenly, our team probably wouldn't look as bad as it is. Yeah, um, for sure. Definitely. If we look back and reflect now, so Doherty turned into pick 33, which is Tommy Cutler. So, a similar player, but I suppose you'd definitely prefer Doherty at this stage. And Elliot yeah, Yeo... Use the ball better. Elliot Yo turned into pick 28, which is Lewis Taylor. Um, obviously, the rising star winner and, you know, an important part of our team, especially this year. But, yeah, Yo's definitely got a bit of X factor and he's a pretty special talent.
1: Yeah, different players, for mm, sure. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. We weren't completely found out there. We were able to get Louie Taylor in mm. from Yo going home. It's just because he's a WA boy and mm. wanted to go home. So it was uh, really hard at the time. But yep. I think in hindsight, and I really did think at the time that Yo was the only big loss. And you, you look at those other guys and they really haven't gone on to, yeah. to carve a big name for themselves in footy and they're not really missed too much. I think, yeah, as you mentioned, a half-back line would be so much better with Doherty and Yo in there. But, yeah, we move on.
0: Um, So I guess the third player that I miss, I'm pretty confident when I say that I think he'll be in the same boat as me, but Polek. Um, We lost him to Port, and it turned into pick 34 and pick 14, which was then on traded with GWS and eventually turned into Gardner. Pick 34 was Nick Robertson. But um, Jared Pollock would be pretty handy on a wing. Like, I do think he's a bit of a downhill skier, but I think we do miss a bit of that
1: outside pace and polish. Yeah, we do miss some of that pace, but as you said, I think he's a massive downhill skier, and he was at the lines as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't really rate him at the lines. Like He did some really good things. I liked him early, but... I think his attitude isn't great, mm. and it's, it's showing up at Port as well. he had have a really good occasional game, mm. and that he'll just drift out of game. So, yeah, yeah, we'd still love to have him, obviously, but I don't think he's as big as a loss as what some people thought he might be.
0: Like, he is damaging, but he's easy to shut down because he sort of relies on other people to win the ball. He's not an inside player, no. is he? He's probably, probably not harsh to say that he shies away from the contest a bit. And um, uh next one for me would be Billy Longer. He hasn't sort of hurt us too too much for Saint, the St. Really looking No, he's behind Tom Hickey. and um, So we traded Billy Longer and pick 48 for pick 25 and pick 41. 25 was used on McStay, so that's a pretty good result there. And pick yeah, 41 was fun. traded for Trent West, who we got some pretty serviceable games out of, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, I think he played a really good role, Trent West, in the years he was here and yeah, his body obviously let him down, but I think there was a few games there where he's really important to, to getting wins mm. in some of those seasons. So I think you have to be happy with that. Yeah, and, and Mick... obviously McSay Mick is gonna be around for a long time and he's turning into be a good player. He's yeah. still got a long way to go, but yeah, there's some really good signs there.
0: Um yeah, McStay we've talked about him a lot this year in the podcast, but he just needs to work in his body work, I think. Like, you've got found out against Charlie Dixon pretty embarrassingly on the weekend and had a, a few more turnovers that we highlighted constantly. But, I mean, yeah, he's had some good performances and the signs are there that he can be a really
1: handy player for us. Yeah, and I don't think you've been too harsh on him on the weekend. The ball coming in to that's, inside yeah, 50, that's the, point. the defenders can't really be... Blame too much for that. The ball coming in was just too easy. The pre- mm. There was non-existent pressure from the midfield. And mm. Port Adelaide was just winning too much of it. And they just played the game completely on their terms. And when there's a and of ball coming in all the time, you're going to be for a tough day. But, yeah, he, he can definitely improve on his body work. And, obviously, Charlie Dixon's been around for a long time. He's a very solid player.
0: Mm.
1: Really big player. the big body. So, yeah, you yeah, just need to work on that a bit.
0: Um, the fifth member of that group was Patrick Carnesis, which we turned into Jackson Payne, so I think we can call that probably a nil all draw. Didn't really <laughs> work out for either either party, even though I like Carnesis in his first year. It was pretty exciting as that, you know, mobile forward and kicked a few handy goals and it was a bit of a live wire but just didn't really eventuate as a player and I think
1: Oh, any- I really like Carnesis in his first year. I think it was, was twenty ten or twenty eleven. Oh, he was great. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was gonna be a really great player for a long time, really good lead up forward, kicked the ball well, but I did, don't know what happened. Yeah, I just, really don't know what happened to him.
0: I think the coaches wanted him to work on the defensive side of his game, tackling and defensive running. He just wasn't able to do it. He wasn't able to apply himself. and Yeah, which is a real shame because he was. He just had a natural sort of goal sense about him. A bit of, yeah, as I said, live wire, X-factor.
1: Yeah, he's a super talent. He was absolute super talent. and.
0: Ended up retiring, actually. Yeah,
1: he went to Collingwood. He probably only played maybe, I don't know, not even 10 games at Collingwood. Ended up retiring at 23. And he's now playing local footy in Melbourne. Mm. So it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I guess that the AFL lifestyle just wasn't for him in the end.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, So that's the go-home five. I think we probably agree the only one... We really misses Elliot Yeo. Like, Doherty would be handy off a halfback flank, but Yo's definitely the big one that got away.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, looking past that, um, I've thrown Jack Crisp up as another name that got away, even though he turned into Dane Beams in that trade. Um, yeah, Chris's been pretty handy for Collingwood in sort of like a defensive midfielder role. Do you think he's someone we could do with at the Lions?
1: Yes and no. He had a really good first season at Collingwood, and I thought, oh, God, we've given up a super, super player here. He did some really good things at the Lions, but Mm. he sort of took his game to another level when he first got to Collingwood. He's probably stagnated a bit since then. But, yeah, I think he could still fit in well to the the side. And I don't know if he'd still be a walk-up start though, Chris, Mm. in our side. He's one of those players that can be pretty hot and cold, and his foot skills aren't the greatest. But, mm. yeah, I, I think he could still play a role on the side for sure. Definitely different roles at
0: Brisbane and Collingwood. Brisbane was sort of yeah. that speedy half-forward, and Collingwood turned him into like a, a sort of thick midfielder. But um, it would have been interesting if he did get that sort of opportunity at Brisbane. But mm. I guess we'll never know. Um, the next one is Aish. So Ash got to the pies for pick 26. So this is a complicated one. It was eventually on traded to to North as part of the Bastanac deal and pick 33 which was then eventually traded to GWS with our second pick and long story short it turned into McLuggage and Barry. So when you look at
1: oh you got to be happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> when
0: you look at it that way, it's a pretty good net result because um as part of that deal, there was also the points for uh, Ben Keys, I think it was, in the, that draft. Yeah, it was. And a later pick for Reese Matheson. So, I mean, we did cool. throw in a few picks there as well for Ace, but it
1: turned out not too bad for us. Well, if you're going to get all those plays that you mentioned, and <laughs> they're going to be sticking around for a long time, you would have thought, and the amount of talent there, just hopefully they can deliver it. Because mm. Age was one of those guys so highly rated as a teenager and coming into that draft, and we thought, we've got an absolute winner here but his first season at lions great mm-hmm. played some really good footy second year i don't know what happened obviously the contracts negotiations and everything like that seemed to play its play its role and he was focused uh, lost focus but at collingwood he's he hasn't really fought a shot to be yeah. honest he's been in and out of the side and Hasn't had a starring game at all. He's sort of been in the side for a couple of games. Mm. Won't play that well. Get dropped. Go back to the VFL. Play okay. Come back in. But he's an interesting one because yeah, so highly rated early mm. first year, and now he's it's sort of just going completely backwards.
0: He came all right at the end of last year for Collingwood. Played some solid games. Like not groundbreaking, but he was definitely a solid contributor. But um. Yeah, going back to his draft year, I remember looking at him and sort of actually he reminded me of Simon Black and just the yeah. silky smooth movement in traffic. Um, and he was like my my guy for that draft. I was hoping he'd get
1: to Brisbane and so it turned out. And, um, actually and just he was to playing s- senior footy in South Australia as a 15-year-old mm. and you thought, I really like the guys that play senior footy as kids. Yeah, for sure. So if you can have a mixture of TAC Cup or or senior footy as well, mm. oh, that's such a good sign because you're already used to playing these bigger bodies because it's mm. just such a massive step up to go playing against teenagers, kids your own age to grown men. And, yeah, I thought Aish would have set the world on fire, but it hasn't worked out
0: that way. I think his problem is... Like everyone sort of looks at him and says he's an outside midfielder and he's got class, but I think his best position is actually as an in under inside mid because he's really, he's got quick hands, makes mm. quick decisions, but he just he doesn't, doesn't have pace. He, yeah, well, he doesn't have the body for it either. He's like, you know, slightly billed. Yeah. So I don't think he'll ever get that opportunity to be an inside mid, especially behind the likes of, you know, like Greenwood and Crisp and mm. there's probably some other bigger bodies I'm missing there for Collingwood, but, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the the Brisbane Lions Club account does like throwback Thursdays. And a recent one was the St Kilda win in Auckland a few years back in Asia's first year.
1: Yeah. And he was brilliant. He was, he was. Yeah, I remember that game. He played
0: really Yeah, it was just amazing to think like, you know, this guy and must have been his fourth or fifth game. You know, it looked like the world was his oyster. Like he was just going to develop and... Be a star midfielder, but now he's probably not
1: even starring at VFL level. If we're honest, yeah, I so, think he might have got the rising star nomination for that game as well. Yeah, so. he did actually. Yeah, mm. he did. Yeah, I, even at VFL level, he really hasn't. Like some plays you go back to the VFL, absolutely dominate, and <clears throat> you can't possibly not pick them. <clears throat> but at the moment, Asher is one of those guys that's just like, <clears throat> okay, if we got a few injuries. We'll put him back in, but he's not banging down the door.
0: Um, just to get back to that point on the rising star, I think he actually, like, that was the year Lewis Taylor won, but I think Ash might have finished third or fourth in the voting. He was fifth. pretty high up, yeah, for sure. So, anyway, I think, yeah, on the, overall we can look at that as a pretty good win with Bastignac, Keys, Matheson, McLuggage and Barry. Like, it's <clears throat> very loose connection. Between, you <laughs> if know, you look at it
1: that way, we've we'll definitely won there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like we've thrown in a few picks as well, but on face value, we've done pretty well. The last name that's left us, actually, there's a few more. Pierce Hanley. So this it's hard to sort of analyse this one yet because it's still ongoing as part of Port's pick, which we'll use later this year. But that deal was Hanley and our pick 19 for 22 and Ports first next year. So pick 22 we used on Alex Witherton, who's going pretty well on the kneeful. Solid half back, really good kick. And obviously we'll have um, a talented player to bring in next year. But yeah, Pierce hasn't been able to get on the field for Gold Coast, unfortunately, due to first firstly family reasons and then injury.
1: Yeah, with Pierce, it's a tough one because he was such a super player there for a few years and he was one of my favourites. I remember that game against Melbourne. In 2012, I think, might have been the first round win at the MCG. That's and right, yeah. He really announced himself. And that running, I still remember that running goal. He snapped mm. about 40 metres out just the check side, I thought. Yeah. We're going to say superstar here. And he played some great games, especially in the, in the Q clashes. He really dominated mm. and got the disposals up. But, yeah, he sort of fell away a bit last year. And there was a few things happened, but... Yeah, you would have thought that going over to Gold Coast, there'd be a bit of um, negativity towards him, but I think it was one of those things that's probably best for both parties, Mm. and I think mutually, it was probably the best thing in the end. Yeah, for sure. He um, needed a fresh start, he was, yeah, probably a bit disappointed and confused with how his footy was going, but... Yeah, it's sad to see what's happened with his brother. He had to go back home. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was that was just tragic what happened there. Just such a, a young kid um, to go out like that way. And, yeah, his injury troubles as well. He's He was out for a long time there, and I think that's really held him back. Obviously, with the hip, it's never clear-cut with those sort of injuries.
0: We don't miss his... 2016 form because he was pretty poor last year, but I feel like we could do with another senior body just to, you know, shoulder that load. Our oh, leaders, absolutely, it was yeah. clear our leaders struggled against Port on the weekend, so we could definitely do with another senior member to to help them out. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, as, as part of our rebuild, I think we needed to do something like that cash in on a player in the prime of his career for some young talent because let's face it, Pierce probably wasn't going to be part of our next, you know, Premiership assault, so yeah, it was probably a good time to cash in there. Um, the Next one's Jack Redden, which we turned to pick 17, which is then used on Bastenac. Gets back to that long-winded trade we talked about earlier, but um, yeah, Redden certainly hasn't gone on to do anything great for West Coast, and I actually read a lot of negative comments today about him. I was doing a bit of research, and he's averaging less disposals than he has in his two years at West Coast compared to the last five years at the Lions. So he's only 16 and 17. At the Lions, is in the 20s and also less tackles as well. So hasn't worked out for him and probably for West Coast.
1: Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a theme here, just guys really setting the world on fire early and then mm. not going on to great things. because I loved Red in his first couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Two thousand and nine, 2009, his, his first proper year, he was super. Mm. And then throughout... Some of those tough years there, 2010, 2011, he was just a really shining light. Him and Rockwith were obviously great mates and they worked perfectly in the midfield together. Mm. Yeah, since I was devastated when he left and wanted to leave. Even though he probably wasn't playing his best footy the year he did leave, I thought, yeah, he's a senior player. He's been around for a long time. What does that say about the club? If yeah, yeah. Someone like him wants to leave, who's been here his whole career. But, yeah, obviously there's been a lot of talk about him in the media. Is he playing his 150th or he did play his 150th?
0: Yeah, I think that's this weekend.
1: Yeah, so he's coming up to that milestone.
0: Mm.
1: But, yeah, he's been in and out of the West Coast side a bit and Mm. they've given him opportunities, but just really hasn't been able to... It's interesting. I don't think it really fits in with west coast midfield either and you know, just the way they play so i think that might be a bit to do with it as well but yeah he's definitely not backwards as a player since going to west coast
0: um i'm a bit different to you i didn't begrudge him at all for leaving so i think you know he was a solid member through our really really down times and you know it's only fair that someone sort of looks looks at the big picture and says you know i want Opportunities to play finals and playing good sides, make the most of my prime years, I guess. And you know, he gave what I think was pretty good service to Brisbane. And um, you know, he'd be handy now as another senior member, like the mate. I, the point I made on Pierce, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting that his outputs dropped away considerably, even though he's in a much better team.
1: Yeah, I never held a grudge against him or anything for leaving it was just yeah I was really disappointed because he was mm. one of my favorites for a while there and I thought he still had a bit to offer for sure and I thought he would have come good again when we were coming good I think there are some players that yeah they find it pretty hard in a in a tough side and mm. as anyone would
0: yeah for but sure.
1: once they get into a good side then they really flourish but yeah how's been the case for Jack Redner at West Coast.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Um, The last two we'll touch on quickly. Play for Essendon, Lewenberger and Green. So Lewenberger left as a free agent and Green. The club actually delisted Green. So not much coming back the other way there. Um, Yeah, what's your take on them? Could we do with them back at the club or how do you think they've settled into life life at Essendon?
1: Well, Lewenberger's problem was always just Injury. He kept getting injured. Yep, still That's a problem. What was really setting back, and it is still a problem. And I thought when he did leave, I thought he's been a good player for us and a highly rated player for us, and he's always first ruckman picked. But mm. he just couldn't put enough games together to to be consistent, and it just really set him back. So, yeah, he had some good games there for a while, good seasons, but. Yeah. Ultimately I thought, okay, he's probably getting a bit older now and yeah, well, I think we have to go in a different direction with a Ruckman. Yeah. He probably wasn't going to be first choice there for a while. Yeah, and so, he just
0: couldn't adapt to playing, you know, as a second ruckman behind Steph and it probably no. didn't, it didn't really suit Steph either. Like he likes going one out. Yeah. So yeah, the fit just yeah. wasn't there and you know, Steph's playing I thought he was really poor against Port, but he's having a good season nonetheless. Up until that game, um, and yeah, just your thoughts on Green as well.
1: Yeah, I would have liked to have got something for Green, but injuries probably not the hardest trainer mm. on the track, but a super talent. Yeah, always has been, and I definitely think we could still use him now. The way he played, he started a bit slow on Anzac Day, but he was really good in the end. I thought, <laughs> geez. Mm. He's still got it. He can still find the goals, and yeah, for sure. Like, I'm happy for him to get a chance at Essendon, playing in front of big crowds, and mm. get an opportunity. I didn't like. Obviously, we delisted him, so you can't um, hold a grudge against him or anything like that. But no, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with how he's going. But we would still really like him. I think just that like, crowing forward, and I think all small forwards they're inconsistent. Yeah, And that was one of the knocks on him. He just would go in and out of games. But as a small 4 you're only going to get a few possessions a game. Mm. And not everyone can be Eddie Betts. So I think supporters probably were a bit too harsh on him. I've seen some pretty negative feedback on on social media about him. And even last year as well when he stayed listed, I thought, yeah, I would have liked to see us get something out of him rather than just uh, cut him straight.
0: I think as a small forward, his defensive pressure and his tackling needed to be better. Like he just, yeah. I don't think he has the tank to sort of play that role. Even though you know his size and his stature would indicate that's his best position. Yeah, he just wasn't up to it in terms of his, in terms of his aerobic capacity. But um, no, he certainly knows how to find the goals. Like he's got he's a natural goal sneak and makes the most of his limited opportunities, which was on show on Anzac Day. He finished with three, I think it was. And he's making a pretty lethal combination up there with um, McDonald, Tip and Woody, and Fantasia. Yeah, he is. It's a good forward line for the Bombers, actually. But, um, all right. So, I guess to recap, as a whole, the only one we desperately miss is Yo. Like, we could do, like, I made the point with another senior body, maybe a Redden or a Hanley, just to help and lighten the load. But, Yo's the big one, I think, that's got away. Yeah, he is for sure. Um, and I mean, in terms of the returns as well, it doesn't look as bad as what one might think. Like the go-home five had a lot of negativity about it and it obviously wasn't good for the club because now we've got a big age gap on our list left by them. But um, in terms of the returns, you know, it's, it's, it's not too bad, especially the age situation. That turned out pretty well, I thought.
1: Yeah, it did. I think... I mentioned a bit earlier just the go-home five. There was so much negativity around that and mm. it was just more the way it looked outside the club and mm. just coming back into the club and people asking the club questions just like, how can you let five players go, mm. five young players that are pretty high draft picks just leave like that? But yes, it's it's not good at all, mm. but I think... The way it was perceived at the time was just absolutely disastrous, Mm. but
0: the way they've
1: gone on to play their footy elsewhere, as we've talked about, Yo's the one real big loss and the other guys, one's retired, one's barely getting a game longer at St Kilda, and Mm. Yeah. Well Pollock's going, okay, Doherty's had a good season, but yeah, Yo's the, the one big one. To play devil's advocate
0: and spin that situation on its head, you know, the only one of those early picks we miss is Yo, and he was, I think, a pick in the thirties. Do do you think then it reflects poorly on our recruiting that these guys haven't kicked on? Like Billy Longer was I think a pick eight?
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, Pollock was pick He
0: was like a four, four? or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so do you think, you know, we we might not miss them that greatly, but do you think it's a bit of a blight on our recruiters that they haven't made the most of those picks?
1: Yeah, I've thought about this a lot lately, and I think our recruiting definitely hasn't been up to standard the last probably 10 years, and I think we have made some pretty poor decisions, and that's mm. been reflected by these players going elsewhere. Mm. Like, everyone is going to stuff up at some stage in the draft, but I think it's just been happening too often, with our club and yeah, hopefully we've got it right the last couple of years mm. because otherwise it does set you back a long way. But I think in terms of where other clubs are at and their recruiting strategy, I think we are probably been a long way behind in the last 10 years and we haven't made a lot of great calls.
0: Mm. I think we have turned it around in recent times though. Like is the only one that's, you know, the only early pick that's left and probably hasn't looked too great. But um, I think the young players we've got at the moment look pretty solid and look likely sticking around. And especially, the, you know, it helps having the academy as well with um, Hipwood and Keyes and Harris as our sort of pillars oh. moving forward. Oh, they've been super. Um, before we move on to quickly previewing Sydney, I think the one that I constantly think about in terms of, you know, picks that we... Funnelled was Polak when Dyson Heppel was still on the board, and I think there was some injury, injury concerns about. Yeah, I think it was hips or shoulders. It was one of them. But um, I remember pre-draft. What would be
1: knee? I think.
0: Yeah, it was something. Um, I remember pre-draft were heavily into him and just got scared, yeah. scared last minute. And he, yeah, he'd be pretty, pretty handy right about now. Uh
1: yeah, he definitely would be. He definitely would be.
0: All right. Well, that's a good. Good reflection there, I actually feel better about <laughs> better about our list now. But um, we'll look quickly at Sydney. Interestingly enough, before this season, we probably would have earmarked these two weeks as a bit of a horror stretch with Sydney and Hawthorne. But they've <laughs> at this stage of the year, they've got one one win between them.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable! Nobody saw this coming at all, and I don't think anyone can actually quite believe how far they've fallen. It's just extraordinary. These teams have been the power clubs in the competition for the last six, seven, eight years or longer. They've played finals for so many years now and Sydney's just always in finals. I think they've missed the top eight probably twice in the last 15 years. So mm-hmm. it really happens. They're a very proud club and to see them on the bottom ladder where their list hasn't changed dramatically and mm-hmm. we sort of had an... Cl- we sort of felt like Hawthorne might be on the way out and just the way they were going, obviously getting rid of Mitchell and Lewis, but with Sydney, like no one saw Hawthorne no, falling as far, but with Sydney it was just it's just come out of the blue. They've mm. had injuries obviously and a few things have happened, but they're just not playing great footy at all and the the footy that we've expected from Sydney, it's been amazing.
0: It's been a big surprise grand finalists last year to winless after Five or six rounds now. But um yeah, so we play them at the SCG this weekend. I think the line is thirty six and a half points, which is probably a bit generous for a team that hasn't won a game. But um do you have much hope heading into this
1: one? Well, considering we've been playing better away. That's what keeps me optimistic. That <laughs> that's, I'm really Hanging my hat on that at the moment. They were playing better away. But, mm. yeah, our record isn't great at the SCG. I think a lot of teams over the last 10 years wouldn't have a very good record at the SCG. But, yeah, as you mentioned before, we would have gone into this game probably at the start of the season thinking we're absolutely no hope here. We'll mm. pencil this down. and we can just be competitive, mm. then we'll be happy. But we have to see this as a potential win. Carlton beat them on the weekend. And I think Carlton got to a stage where they were a bit hesitant in the first half, even though they were controlling the game. But then they mm. thought, hang on a second, Sydney are just battling and they're not playing great footy and they're, they're really down. we just got to go for it. And I think that's the attitude we have to take into the weekend. We're going to be down on confidence after losing five in a row, and especially with how we played against Port Adelaide. Mm. But we've just got to somehow turn that attitude around and be – thinking that Sydney, I know it's at the SAJ, but they're definitely beatable.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Do you foresee any changes at selection?
1: Well, after the way we played on the weekend, I think that has to be a few changes. Mm. Um, Nick Robinson, he has a crack every week. He can't... um, Hanging for that, but his skills really just aren't up to I don't think they ever have been and probably might not get better. So I think we sort of have to look in a different direction. Mm. And our knee side is playing great footy at the moment. And I think some of those guys have to be given opportunities.
0: Yeah, it was a really unfortunate time for them to have a bye, actually. It'd be really good to be able to bring someone straight in and <clears throat> you know, know they've got Bit of form under their belt, but yeah, I suppose that might be a concern as well. Bringing you know someone in who's had the week off and it might be hard to ask a big ask of them to get them straight into you know AFL's pace and that sort of stuff.
1: Uh, it's the SCG, so it's going to be one in the midfield for sure mm. because it's such a small ground, and we've just got to win out of the midfield. And Sydney's midfield has been really struggling. Mm. So I think that's an area where we can capitalise, and if we do that, we're going to be the massive chance.
0: Um, and even yeah, though we're going to
1: have, sorry, even though we did
0: lose handsomely to Port, we did actually win the clearances, and I think
1: yeah, that's an area that's been concerning. We've been winning the clearances. We had far more possessions mm. than yeah, Port, we did and that's going back to last year as well. There were so many games we'd win the possession count and get absolutely belted.
0: Mm. Um, another point that keeps me optimistic is we can sort of use Carlton as measuring stick. They lost to Port by 90, we lost by 83, and then... I can't remember how much they beat the Swans by in the end, but...
1: It was fairly comfortable in the mm, end.
0: And based on the, I know Carlton was at home, but based on those numbers, we'd have to be a decent shot. Um, unfortunately, Lance Franklin was cleared at the tribunal, so he was up for... Um, rough conduct, but he's got off, so that's something we'll have to be mindful of. Who do you think gets that match-up?
1: I'm thinking thinking probably Harris Andrews, Mm. but I think it's going to be a combination team defence on Buddy Franklin. There's not going to be one set player that gets him the whole night. It's going to have to be a team effort because the SCG is is always so dangerous kicking Mm. those big running long goals. So I think... Paris might have played on him last year. I think he did well. We in played it with the Gabba and he did really well. And that was a game we should have won. And I think we can probably look back to that game. Yeah, the... when Sydney was going great, we weren't going very good at all, and we we should have won. I think that was a oh, stretcher gate. I was going to say that's we, what it was. We're playing for the
0: stretcher cup this weekend. Aren't we?
1: Yeah, a bloody stretcher <laughs> costs the game. We we would have won.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. I think Pierce Hanley had a contested ball in the forward pocket, and then, yeah, the stretcher came out so they had to stop the game. So, um, yeah, so I wonder who's going to win the stretcher cup this weekend. Hopefully no contentious incidences, incidents like that will come our way. But, um, yeah, I think like you, I'm pretty optimistic heading into this one, and I don't think we'll get anything as bad as the Port game. No. As, as we've said, you know, our form on the road's been a lot better. So, I think, yeah, we can go into this one. Cautiously optimistic
1: I think we can we just have to wipe that poor game from our memory. because yeah, for sure. We've been pretty good like if you said at the start of the season would Be beating the Bulldogs At their home ground in Bob Murphy's surrender's game mm. With five minutes to go you would have definitely taken that so you've just got to take all the, the good things about the first five six weeks and just Port out is just the write-off just mm. forget about it move on and we know we can play some good footy. And I think, yeah, we can take a bit of optimism into Sunday's game.
0: Um, well, I think that just about wraps it up for this weekend, mate. And I'll talk to you next week ahead of what will be the Chris Fagan Cup.
1: It will be the Chris Fagan Cup down in Tassie. Mm, I look forward to it. Anyway, mate, talk to you then. Thanks, Gags.